Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in, Mackie and Judd. Mackie actually not here in Cincinnati, Ohio, on a company assignment, which I believe included being in the first row behind the Twins' dugout last night. It must be rough to be Phil. Uh, but guess what? The show carries on, and it is a Scoop Tuesday. And it is Judd, it is Declan, and because of the Scoop Tuesday, it's our buddy Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and also the Scoop Podcast and a man who has his finger on the pulse of Minnesota sports. And it's not a reckless speculation Thursday, but Phil, not here. I am. I say, screw it. It's reckless speculation Tuesday. So I want to start with this. On the Vikings, and we'll get to uh, the decision to go ahead and sign Dalton Reisner to a one-year contract on Monday, but I want to start with what might be next, Darren. And I want to start with this thought. Kareem Hunt, like Reisner, Brought in for a visit during training camp. Did not sign. Cam Akers, who Kevin O'Connell very familiar with with their time together with the Rams, um, was deactivated Sunday. And now for the second time in less than a year, the Rams actively shopping him. What do you think the odds are that the Vikings' next move could be to add a running back after they added an offensive lineman? Well, Judd, you and I are on the same wavelength. I could show you my text history i reached out to a few people that would have their fingerprints on such a move a cam Akers trade nobody got back to me last night so the tentacles Mm. go up i start wondering right we know cam Akers inevitably is going somewhere right when the rams make the decision to not dress him on sunday that game against the 49ers it certainly seems inevitable some move is about to occur Now, I wonder, could it be Cleveland, right? The Browns are going to do something after the Nick Chubb devastating injury on Monday night football. So the Browns are in the market for some sort of running back, even if Jerome Ford is their main guy, that they need somebody else, that it's not Strong Jr. or anybody else currently on the roster. But yes, it's on my radar. Now, do I sense anything is like imminent right this second? No, but I'm not dismissing The possibility. I also opined on TV on Sunday night on Channel 5 here in the Twin Cities, Judd, the ABC affiliate, that I just wonder if that locker room, specifically that offensive meeting room, as much as they like Alexander Madison, the person, if there's a belief that they can go far when he is the bell cow, when he is the number one running back, that there's still an adjustment. Sure, they missed Alvin Cook. 
right? The explosiveness, right? But I just wonder, more me opining, but I think it falls under the reckless speculation Tuesday umbrella. Just me wondering how much that offensive meeting room is really embracing the idea that Madison can be the number one running back. Dukes, don't you think from a um, from a roster building standpoint and just from what you have at your disposal here that it would make more sense to go after the free agent in Cream Hunt than having to force a trade where I know Cam Akers isn't going to break the bank, right? I mean, you're looking at probably, what, a day three pick at the most for someone like Cam Akers. But don't you think Kwesi would much rather probably, probably want to keep some of those day three picks and just wouldn't you want to sign Cream Hunt to a one-year and, and small incentive-based deal or something? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on are you looking to aid the passing game? Are you looking for, you know, somebody that's a capable blocker because you're still a pass-first offense? Are you looking for somebody that can just hit the right hole and, you know, gain four or five yards more often than not, right? I mean, I guess you can have that debate. Who makes more sense, Cam Akers or Kareem Hunt, right? Hunt hasn't been in camp and didn't play anybody you know, preseason wise with, with anyone. And so you just wonder what sort of shape he's in, right? You wonder about locker room chemistry, you know, the individual that Kareem Hunt is. I mean, to me, Declan, we're talking what a conditional sixth, a seventh, a conditional seventh, even like it's not going to take much to acquire a Cam Akers. So I lean more toward them thinking that Cam Akers would be a better fit. Certainly, you know, enough internal knowledge about Cam Akers, the person, Cam Akers, the player, that I think they would lean that direction, that if Kareem Hunt was going to be the move, probably would have happened over the weekend or yesterday like it did with Dalton Reisner. So I'm not dismissing it, right? As long as the player's out there, there's always a chance. But if you're asking me, you know, Akers or Hunt, I would think, you know, if they're going to do something, now they may end up doing nothing, but if they end up doing something, I think it would be more acres than hunt. I think it's also worth pointing out as well that through two games, it probably plays a factor in the run game as well, that they clearly, I don't think, trust Ty Chandler to play as much as we perhaps suspected that they might. Like, he's not carrying the ball. And, and so it's I, – I didn't realize – and it's not worked at all, but I didn't realize that the goal going into the season, Darren, was to have Madison be the bell cow. I, I thought he would carry more than Ty Chandler did. But I thought Ty Chandler would play a role. He really has not. And so, again, the question is, because, you know, Madison is not Cook in his prime. And it's very it's very important to say that because Cook in, in his prime was damn good. Dalvin Cook now is not. But Madison, to me, always has looked like a guy who should be in a shared relationship in the backfield. And if you don't trust Chandler to play, bringing in a second option now, I, I don't think would be a complete slap Madison's ability I think it would be trying to get the most from him by putting him in an advantageous situation to share the football and so like that's what I'm thinking on acres the one good thing is O'Connell clearly you know going back to his time as the OC with Rams knows him McVay and O'Connell are tight so whatever the issue uh, that continues to uh, creep up with acres is and something's up there um O'Connell clearly knows that and so they could probably make a very easy decision on if that's a guy that they would want to bring into their locker room or perhaps say we know the problems it's not worth the trouble I'm a big Alexander Madison fan but I'm with you more a shared relationship 
that he truly isn't a number one. Heck, the contract suggests at three and a half million, he's not a true number one. Now, 93% of his contract is guaranteed over two years. So he'll see just about $7 million between this year and next year. But that to me doesn't suggest, even if the running back position has been devalued, that to me suggests that the idea always has been some sort of shared role. I will tell you, before the Miles Gaskin signing, the the Madison camp was pretty positive something was going to happen. And so I think if they did something else, because Gaskin hasn't made any sort of impact to date, that they wouldn't be surprised, right? So if it's Akers, if it's Hunt, if it's somebody else, I don't think there would be all this, whoa, what the heck is going on? That Madison would, you know, march into Quasi's office, you know, saying what the heck is going on. Like, I don't think it would come as a surprise whatsoever. I will also add, though, until the blocking improves, yes. really, like... 100%. Does it matter, right? Like, would the results have been any different if Cam Akers was in a Vikings uniform last Thursday or if Kareem Hunt was in a Vikings uniform last Thursday? I think that's a fair conversation to have, that mm-hmm. as long as the blocking is what we've seen... Now, a good amount of that is matchup-based, right? Vita Vea, you think about the Eagles, defensive front, right? That won't be the case moving forward as much, although, you know, the Chargers have some capable defensive linemen, more so on the ends. But, you know, and the Panthers do too, right? With Brown, with Burns, maybe Burns more so on the end. But we're not talking the Eagles' defensive front or even Tampa's defensive front, I don't think, for at least the next couple weeks. So, you know, some of it is definitely matchup-based. But until the blocking improves, I don't know if it matters all that much. But definitely on my radar, put it that way, Judd, Definitely on my radar, the possibility of them doing something else. I always say a roster is fluid. The roster you see on September 1st isn't the roster you typically see on September 19th, October 19th, November 19th, December 19th. It changes constantly. So definitely on my radar. All right, Duke. So the bikes finally bring in Dalton Reisner after like a month long waiting period. It seemed like he was uh, Vikings fans wanted to come here. He was tweeting out cryptic photos for the last few weeks. Uh, so what? I guess what led the Vikings to finally pulling the trigger and making this acquisition? And then two-part question, do you see him starting immediately on Sunday? Well, I wouldn't dismiss the possibility of him playing on Sunday. They did not verbalize to him as of Monday night what position they picture him playing. Now, to me, it's right guard. I think logically you would say it's right guard, right? That Ed Ingram is the issue. But they did not verbalize to him, hey, you're going to play this position. They did not verbalize to him on Monday night. Hey, be ready to play Sunday against the Chargers. They want to see where he's at in practice Wednesday into Thursday. But I would not dismiss that possibility. If it's not San Diego, it'll be Carolina. The idea is he was signed to play. This all ramped up on Sunday. Judd, I will show you, if you're in the office later today or tomorrow, I will show you somebody I've known for a really long time. I won't say what side. But I will show you the text from somebody I've known for a really long time who texted me on Saturday night, 11.04 p.m., that they did not see this happening. But what changed was, okay, the Vikings continued to have personnel meetings. Heck, all you had to do was rewatch the tape from Thursday. They upped any sort of, you know, parameters of a contract were discussed at different points, but it never, you know, to use the football cliche, it never even got to like the 10 or 
15 or 20 yard line or 25 or 30 yard line. Like no red zone. Dalton wasn't coming here for, for the minimum. Right. So right. at some point Sunday into Monday, things ramped up. The Vikings guarantee him 2.25 million. They will pay him 4 million. Essentially if he plays, he's going to touch the 4 million. So we're talking 4 million for 15 games. The idea is he is going to play. He is going to yeah. start. They did not make this move to have him as a reserve. Now, I've taken all sorts of backlash on social media on X because I try to provide real-time updates. Now, did I have literally, like, within a minute update when I at-tweeted somebody on Sunday that nothing was new on Reisner? No. That was from the text I received at 11.04 on Saturday night. I try to provide people with up-to-date information. But I always, what have I always said, Judd, in this space, other spaces? As long as the possibility is out there, never say never, right? Now, hey, this took a really long time. He visited what? First week of August? So, yeah. you know, this thing has been on our radar for six weeks. Yes, there were different points where I would have been like, yeah, I wouldn't bet on it happening based on the information I was receiving that, hey, a lot would have to change to get to the finish line, right? But as long as the player was still out there, the obvious need, heck a want to, like Chris Cooper, the Vikings offensive line coach, was at Dalton Reisner's wedding. That's how close a relationship those two have. Have that bond from their days together in Denver. Now that bond continues here in Minnesota. So my understanding is we'll hear from Dalton at some point Wednesday or Thursday in the locker room. But my understanding is things absolutely ramped up into Monday morning that as of even the weekend, this thing was not trending toward getting done. But bottom line, I'm glad it got done. On TV on Sunday night, two Sunday nights ago on Sports Wrap on Channel 5, I opined this is a move that had to happen. Uncle Mercy, I really appreciate Ed Ingram, his transparency, him willing to answer questions, but you can't keep rolling out Ed Ingram at right guard. Last thing on the Vikes, Dukes, uh, with an 0-2 start, is there is there sense of panic? Obviously, there's there's a little bit of stumbling here, and oh man, we didn't foresee this coming out, especially in week one. I think maybe you could even put some true serum into the coaching staff and say, hey, were we probably going to lose that Philadelphia Eagles game on paper going into the season? Yeah, probably, but now you're 0-2. Do you sense, with also this Reisner move, it's a little bit of, of desperation, is there sense of panic at TCO, or are they just still trying to dig themselves out here because they got a couple easier games on the schedule to get them back to 500. Well, I was in the locker room. I'm glad you asked this, Declan. I was in the locker room on Monday, had conversations with Cam Bynum, Josh Metellus, Harrison Smith, K.J. Osborne, and Alexander Madison. Now with Madison, we addressed the hatred, the vitriol, the racism he received via his Instagram DMs or his X DMs, whatever it was, social media DMs. So we didn't necessarily talk team 0-2 star ball was more just about how he's doing coming off what he experienced late last week. But in talking with Osborne Smith, Bynum, Metellus, Bynum in particular, was very adamant. We will fix this. Confident they will fix this. That schematically, there were some weird things with the Eagles game. I mean, how many defensive linemen were on the field when DeAndre Swift is running without being touched 133 yards before contact? right? That personnel-wise, they can do some different things, getting some different bodies on the field. You know, not an excuse, but the talk of the short week, having to travel on the short week, even the goofiness of week one. Now, hey, 
they perhaps played their best game of last year, week one, demolishing Green Bay at U.S. Bank Stadium, right? But just the weirdness of that long break, you have the weekend free, Labor Day weekend, right? Kind of the uniqueness of that buildup to week one. Now they feel like they have a normal schedule, right? It's very regimented. And so they feel pretty darn confident heading into Sunday. That was the vibe I got being in the locker room on Monday, that there absolutely is not any pushing of the panic button. So to, to go back to your uh, fluidity point about Reisner, uh, you know, your, your source saying Saturday night, nah, nah, it's not going down right now. And then it, it does too. And the Vikings confidence, I think it's this. I don't think it's like a confidence that this team is great. I think everybody watched games on Sunday. And I think everybody said the division stinks. The the conference itself has a couple of good teams. But, I mean, Philadelphia, you guys, ain't what we thought. Like, no. like that game on Thursday was not mm. impressive. So I, I think as bad as 0-2 feels, I think what they saw and, and where they became more emboldened, rightfully so, is the NFC ain't that good. And their division might be the AL Central or Big Ten West. So not trying to dig out of an 0-2 hole, even in my opinion, would be stupid. I think that's the most important thing. You have a chance here. I mean, the Packers blow a game that they had. The Lions. The Lions are great. The Lions are going to Super Bowl. Can you believe the Lions? They lose at home to Seattle in OT. The Bears are worse than I thought. I thought the Bears would be like a seven-win team. They, they might win three games again. So the point is, I think Reisner's here, and I think everybody's more confident because they're like, well, yeah, we're 0-2, but you know, by the end of Sunday, we could be, what, a game back of first place? We could be tied for first place. It depends. But that's what I think is the most important thing was you really got your grasp in week two of just how winnable games are in this league if you don't fumble seven times or lose yeah, I mean, seven I think balls. There's absolutely plenty of truth to that. You know, the self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, I mean, the six lost fumbles. I mean, you know, we haven't seen a team lose six fumbles through the first two weeks of a season in 20 years, right? Just the flukiness of losing fumbles, right? There is a randomness. Ball on the ground. Do you recover? Does the opposition recover? Okay. You know, the opposition recovered all those fumbles. But, yes, that they feel like they're not that far away, I'm with you. There definitely is truth to what you just laid out about what took place on Sunday. I mean, to me, Judd, do you think there's a 10-win team in the North? Like, I absolutely can see with tiebreakers, whatever, but 9-8, yeah. and eight, you think about Declan. playing the Lions two of the last three weeks of the season, I think those yeah. games are still going to matter. I really do. Now, I think yes. they win on Sunday, so maybe we have a different conversation next Tuesday if, if the Chargers come in and win on Sunday, but I think they beat the Chargers on Sunday. But, yeah, I think there's truth to what you said about the NFC North being wide open. The NFC as a whole, right? I still think San Francisco and Dallas are really good. I think Philadelphia has a chance to be really good as well, but I don't think there's much debate. The weaker of the two conferences is the NFC. But there's way more talent. The strength of the league is the AFC. So, yes, you owe it to many people, including a lot of the veterans in that locker room, to, yeah, you got to do something. Right, And I talk about just wondering if there's full faith, even though they love Alexander Madison, the person, and hey, absolutely believe there's a roster spot for him, that there's a role for him, but just maybe not necessarily that bell cow type role. You have to wonder if those same thoughts exist with trotting out the same offensive lineman. 
right? Especially at Ingram. And right, so you had to do something. So yeah, I think it's all encompassing. But yeah, certainly things ramped up Sunday into Monday. I'll just I'll show you the text message, Judd. Right, because I'm receiving all sorts of backlash, people calling me a clown. Right. And so maybe, you know, maybe this is my lesson that it's not even worth, you know, at tweeting or at Xing people. Right. I'll just I'll put some information out. I put something out this morning about Brock Stewart, Jorge Alcala, Chris Paddock pitching for the Saints tonight at CHS Field. So I'll continue to put out information on social media, but maybe I just don't need to respond to anybody. But just to lay out my situation. And hey, am I lied to? Yes, I've been lied to. You do this 26 years. Yes, I've been lied to. I always ask myself, journalism 101, why is this person lying to me, right? And there are times where I ask that question and I've run with something and guess what? It was wrong. I'll fully admit when I'm wrong, right? It's taken me a long time. I'm 43 now, but it's taken me a while, right? But I will admit when I need to take an L, I'll say I lost. I messed up. My bad. My mistake. I apologize. I'm just telling you, it wasn't literally a blow by blow. It was from that text Saturday night at 11.04 p.m., but I had tweeted somebody on Sunday saying there's nothing new on Reisner, all right? Well, it ramped up thereafter. That's all I can say. In real time, or just about real time, within a 12- to 14-hour time period, I gave you the latest information I had. If people have a problem with that, you know, don't follow me. I don't. Trust me. I'm not making any money off X, so you can hit the unfollow button. Dukes, don't join us for write that down then on Wednesdays on both our shows because we all admit we were wrong. <laughs> so many, so many incompletions, especially last week. So we're we're all with you there, um, Dukes. Before we get to the twins, I saw you tweet out a little bit of twin scoop uh, earlier this morning. But before we get there, uh, how did you lose all this weight, sir? Why don't you tell us about that journey? Absolutely, I appreciate you asking, Declan. Your check is in the mail for for bringing this up. It's thanks to my friends at MN. Fatloss.com. I began my journey in early July. When I began my journey, my stated goal was I want to lose 20 to 25 pounds. Well, I've crossed that first threshold on my way to that second one. If I can keep going, I will. It's more about a lifestyle change, right? I mean, it's just the way overall I'm eating, right? Like I was with this power lifter yesterday, this champion 63-year-old power lifter. He will compete for some national championships on Saturday in Las Vegas. Guy by the name of Joe works out at Timberwolf Fitness in Roseville. He inspired me. I'm like 63 years old. If this guy can do this as a champion powerlifter, right? And he told me his main goal when he started powerlifting at 58 years old was when he's 83, 20 years from now, he plans on living that long. He wants to be able to get up off the toilet. It made me think. Hey, I'm 43. When I'm 53, 63, 73, hopefully 83, I too want to get off the toilet. So it's 53, it's not a problem. Changes. It's not a problem. I know. I can confirm it. Absolutely. Yes. So it's all about just needing to change my lifestyle. So thanks to the guidance from mnfatloss.com, I now know what to eat, when to eat, how to eat, the right proteins, the right fruits, the right vegetables, embracing, not drinking sugary drinks. They have given me unbelievable guidance. I have hit my goal, which I stated to them in early July, now two months in. MN Fat Loss's unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. Many patients like me lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600, 763-312-7600, or schedule online mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. 
Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C., results may vary. And before we get uh, to the twin scoops, let's also talk about my friends at Finch Home Solutions because they are two things, huge Vikings fans and huge fans of making sure any electrical issues in your home are solved. In fact, yes, that van, Declan, I'm sorry. That will show up at your house, and guess what it's going to do? They're going to take care, Cody and his team, of any electrical problems. I'm talking small ones. I'm talking you want an outlet installed that small, but guess what? Bam, it's done. Or perhaps your entire home needs to be rewired because some old homes need exactly that. Guess what? Finch is going to be at your house. They're going to give you the straight scoop, speaking of scoops, and they are going to get the work done fast, efficient, courteous. I've used them. I have allowed them into my house. That's right. Sports Dad allows very few people. I did allow Dukes once into my house, but but they came here and they did a fantastic job. I was very, very pleased. And right now, a special offer, which is this security. The Finch Friends and Family Plan is one electrical, one free electrical inspection a year, no dispatching fee, a priority dispatching. So if you've got a problem and you call, guess what? Bam, you're at the top of that list. 10% discount on all of the work performed in your home, and this is only $9.95 a month. It's a peace of mind and a very important thing. 612-357-2604, finchhomesolutions.com, finchhomesolutions.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Declan? Dukes, yeah, so I just tweet out some twins uh, scoops for AAA and St. Paul. We've been waiting on the rehab assignments on a lot of these guys, and it looks like uh, a few of them will be getting in the action uh, this week for the St. Paul Saints. You got it. So the Saints start a homestand tonight, Tuesday night, against Toledo. So in downtown St. Paul, CHS Field, the Saints will be in action. Well, pitching for the Saints tonight, Chris Paddock, Jorge Alcala. So those two guys transition from their rehab assignment with A Wichita to here with AAA St. Paul. Plus Brock Stewart will get in another game for the Saints pitched on Friday, a couple days off will now return to action. So the plan tonight at CHS Field is the threesome of Paddock, Alcala, and Stewart. We'll see action. Then we will see in the coming days what roster moves are made. All three, correct me if I'm wrong, Declan, all three need to be transferred off the 60-day injured list. So some 40-day, or excuse me, 40-man moves need to be made. Now, we can have a debate whether there's a spot for Alcala, but I'm just telling you, in Stewart's mind and Paddock's mind, both guys are on the Twins' October 3rd playoff roster. Now, I still think there's a ways to go on the Paddock front. Where exactly does he slot in? Right. Stewart, I can make that easy leap if he's feeling okay. He looked yeah. pretty good on Friday. If he continues to look good 
including tonight. That's an easy one. Brock Stewart is on that Twins first round playoff roster. Paddock to me is interesting. I'm not sure there's a spot for Alcala. Like when Alcala was healthy, not even sure he's been all that productive so far. Now, maybe eventually he will be, but I need to see a lot more from Jorge Alcala. But point is, the Twins will have some decisions to make with the 40-man roster in the coming days. Interesting stuff. Uh, Dukes, um, the the, uh, Twins obviously lose last night on Monday night to the Reds in Cincinnati. What's your sense on Joe Ryan? Because there have been times since Joe came back that I've assumed that if there is a game three in the first round, he would get that game. But we saw him scuffle again last night, struggle at times, and he certainly is not, uh, since he got hurt, he has not been the pitcher that he was before. And I think right now it's a lack of consistency. Do you think he's a slam dunk game three starter? Or do you think that there's a chance Maeda, who in in our opinion probably is ideal in the bullpen in the playoffs because he's had that experience with the Dodgers, do you think that Maeda, who's going to pitch on Tuesday in Cincinnati, is still very much vying for the game three start uh, in the first round? Yeah, the latter. I mean, I don't think a game three starter has been determined. Now, heck, in the Twins' ideal world, they win game one, they win game two, then they can worry about Saturday, October 7th, game one at the two seed. Probably sure. Houston, although that's still up in the air now. They're struggling you now. play on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, would you bring back your game one starter on three days rest to start a game one on October 7th? Or would you then go with Joe Ryan or Kenta Maeda on Saturday, October 7th? So it still may be a talking point, whether it's a game three on October 5th or a game one on October 7th. By the way, I'm sure there are people laughing, hearing this, watching this, saying, you do remember the Twins have an 18-game playoff losing streak, so you're already venturing toward yeah, talking about a game anything. three, which means they at least won a game. Yeah, I don't want to say anything. And or a second round, which means they won right. two playoff games. I'll tell you what, though, Aaron Boone to Fangraph, some other people, they like the Twins' chances. I do. When you can put Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray out there for games one and two with a lineup that has scored the second most runs in the American League since the All-Star break, I like their chances, and I get it. There are still question marks about the bullpen, but I like their chances, whether it's Toronto, Texas, or Seattle, or I guess maybe Houston. Whoever is at Target Field on October 3rd, I like the Twins' chances in that first round. I really do. But, yeah, it's not determined, right? I mean, Joe Ryan, you still worry about the long ball. You still worry about location. The velo is what it is. It's not like he's ever been 97 or anything like that. but. It's absolutely still a talking point over at Target Field. Who would start a potential game three or a game one at the two seed? Is it Joe Ryan or is it Kent Maeda? So let's see how it plays out the next 11, 12 days. Dukes, any other uh, final scoops in your bag? Twins related, anything else uh, unrelated to the Twins? What else you got in the scoop bag? Well, I mean, you have to worry about Carlos Correa. Plantar fasciitis is mm-hmm. nothing to like joke about. Like, you need extended rest to really have that injury heal. And he's never had an extended period of rest. He's had two consecutive days off, just had a week or two, two consecutive days off. I imagine the Twins are going to give him a few games off here this week and next. But to suggest on October 3rd that Carlos Correa is going to be 100% would be ludicrous. Plantar fasciitis needs extended rest. To fully heal. So he is going to be battling that plantar fasciitis. We haven't talked about it much, but it's been a thing since May 
it will continue to be a thing for the rest of this season. Then in the offseason, he can get that extended rest. Hopefully he's okay for spring training come next late February, early March. Byron Buxton has been running post-cortisone shot. He's been hitting off the tee, but I'll continue to say we just need to see more. He's not to the point of facing live pitching. He's not to the point of running around in center field, fielding fly balls. We're not there yet. There still is a little bit of hope that we'll get there, but we can't. We just, we can't. It's a day by day. It really is. Like, until we see how he is on the morning of October 3rd, we cannot write in ink any sort of postseason roster with Byron Buxton on it. We just can't. But the Twins will tell you, and I'm telling you, they are not ruling him out for the season at this point. Great stuff, sir. Thank you. And we will talk to you again for uh, Reckless Speculation, or more of it, I should say, on Thursday. Thanks, Darren. Got it. And remind me on Thursday, let's talk about the possibility of P.J. Fleck to Michigan State. Don't think it'll happen, but I will be shocked. Just like USC having Mark Coyle on its radar, (laughs) I will be shocked if P.J. Fleck isn't on Michigan State's radar. You know, and I I would think things will ramp up after the year. You know, I I think one way or another, P.J. Fleck is going to get a nice raise at some Mm. point in the next six months. Well, perhaps. Make sure we dive deeper on that on Thursday. Perhaps he, he can go go to a class on uh, teaching or on coaching in-game as well then. that was Yeah, I mean, I went at him on TV on Sunday. I yeah, think he's a brilliant CEO. I think he's a great yeah, coach. Exactly. Monday exactly. through Friday, or I guess Sunday yeah. through Friday, the yeah. in-game. This wasn't the first time, right, no, on Saturday when you decide to him. punt fourth and three, yeah. right? You're down 11. Like, why are you punting, not going yep. forward on fourth and three? But this is far from the first time in seven years we've had issues with P.J. Fleck in-game management it has reared its ugly head again but this has been a constant talker for years so i agree the in-game management Mm -hmm. continues Mm -hmm. to need work i still as a gophers alum enjoy him being the head of the football program the ceo i think he does a lot of good things but the in-game management does need work thanks darren all right boys see ya gotta run but Thanks, before dude. but before we run, Declan Goff, I'm thinking about grilling because you know what? It's oh. fall, but it's still perfect grilling season. So I'm thinking about grilling. Yeah, tell me more about grilling right now. How do oh. I get the best experience? How about you go get yourself a Weber grill at our friends from Fratelloni's uh, Hardware and Garden? You know, they oh, have a lot that. of metro locations. I had, uh, I've had some shrimp on. I've had the kebabs on. I sent you guys, I believe, a picture last Thursday night right before the Vikings game. The highlight of that game, Judd, wasn't the game. It was the wings I had on the grill, on my that Weber grill. Great, you know you gotta have. That's what you gotta have on the Weber grill, right? Yeah. So go, go to Fratelloni's, get your own Weber grill. Okay, uh, great addition. I love my Weber grill. You'll love yours. It is grilling season, and uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden for uh, for all the Weber grill accessories and utilities. We got a twin show also on the docket on this YouTube channel for later this afternoon. Purple Daily. Uh, we'll have a four pack of questions and Judd and Declan's own version of the pigskin pecking order we're gonna we're gonna hijack it to a degree because we don't know because we're not good enough with math to combine and actually come up with a consensus like literally literally so there, there's two things yes the math is at play which is the bigger piece of pie yeah. why i didn't want to do that and two phil has his own spreadsheet and own own google yeah. doc of how he does it and i was not going to reach out to phil to ask hey can i get that doc from you so wow. I just put all of our rankings in our own spreadsheet. They're probably you. misspelled. They're probably, you know, there's probably <laughs> something off there. I wouldn't be shocked at all. So head on over to Purple Daily later on to check that out. Hit that subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment.